Rabbi Kenneth Brander is with us live via telephone, president and Rosh Yeshiva of Or Torah Stone, based in Israel, but having an international impact like you cannot imagine. I was just uh, sent this week the impact report for 2021 that Or Torah Stone has released, discussing what they're doing in Israel and what they're doing around the world, and it is simply an incredible institution with an amazing reach. And uh, Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure to uh, spend time with you, although we look forward to, please uh, God, you coming back here soon. I, ho- uh, I hope it happens soon. I know that I can't say it too often because I sound like a big shot because I was just there in July. But when you say come back, I know what you mean. You mean to come and visit and spend time and speak a little bit on the air. You mean you mean to do things the way we used to do things. <laughs> yeah, 100%. As, you know, you invited me to do things, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, 40 years from now or something like that. We have a, a date. But I hope we have to see you sooner than that. Wow, you remember that, I, huh? That's pretty amazing that yeah. you remember that. <laughs> You know, this time of year, I, um, I I reunite with certain friends, and they tell me about their experiences with certain rabbanim, certain teachers, mentors, great rabbis during this time of year. And I know I'm throwing you completely off here, because we do have an agenda I'd like to get to, and I know, I know you'd like to get to. Uh, but I was just thinking, you spent so much time with Rabbi Soloveitchik. You had such an incredible Uh, and wonderful experience, probably an experience collectively that was life-changing for you and something you think about quite often. I'm wondering if Elul was something that was an enhanced experience when you spent time with him, or he was so, he was so, um, uh, 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 I don't know if I'd say regimented, but his his life always seemed so uh, uh, carefully calculated that Elul was not much different. What would you say about your experience this time of year with the Rav? Well, you know, when I was hearing Rabbi Goldwasser a few moments ago, when he was speaking about uh, two paradigms of tshuva, uh, tshuva from fear and tshuva from love, I was remembering that this really was the ideas of Rabbi Soloveitchik, whether it was based on the Rambam and the movement within the ten chapters of the Rambam of Hilchus Tshuva, um, whether it's... Uh, the fact that the Rambam, that Rabbi Soloveitchik, whether it's in Awa or in Uvi Misham, which is the continuation of Ishalacha, where he speaks about the idea of a loving relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, of a romantic rendezvous with God, of the idea of being able to feel that God is, you know, holding your hand and, and, and stroking you. And, um, I think those were the messages that Rabbi Soloveitchik, you know, c- communicated to us during the month of Elul, and that is uh, the idea that it's in our hands to have a connection to a Kaddish Bar- Baruch Hu. And I think that that, to me, is really the messages that, even when I heard Rabbi Goldwasser, the first thing that jumped to my mind was uh, those were the messages that we were taught. And those are very critical messages for us to realize, I think, especially, you know, in this generation where I think people view uh, uh, Yira, fear as a form of of trepidation um, and paralysis as opposed to a form of awareness or a a, uh, conduit through which one can engage in a relationship with God. 
And that was really Rabbi Soloveitchik's message, that tshuva shouldn't paralyze us, it shouldn't get us depressed, but rather it's an opportunity for us to re-engage and, in our relationship with God, because God has faith in us. Yeah, And, it's, and it, I think that that message... And it's interesting in, because in I, I, I think it was Rabbi Gitnak who has said on these airwaves... Um, that, that, and again, I got to be careful how I say this. I'm not sure I'm describing it, you know, properly, but he would say something like Yom Kippur was the Rub's favorite day of the year. And based on what you're saying, you know, that type of thing, I I don't mean it to sound so, you know, conventional, but I I think based on what you're saying, it makes sense Uh, that he, he wanted to reach the greatest spiritual height and the, and, and the day or the time when one feels closest to the one above, right? That was a key for him and, and, and what day could possibly uh, represent that more than Yom Kippur. Right. And Reverend Soloveitchik, uh, you know, wrote many books, including the Kuntras, uh, really a digest on the avoda of Yom Kippur and of the temple service on Yom Kippur and would speak about it. Again, speaking about this idea that um, the opportunity that we have to create a relationship with God, the fact that the Kabbalists compared uh, Yom Kippurim a day like Purim, because on Purim we were able to reinitiate a relationship with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, even though God is not found in the Purim story. And that's really what we have to try to achieve on uh, Yom Kippur itself. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right, Dr. Kenneth Branders with us, of course, or Torah Stone, our focus. Um, he is uh, in Israel as we speak and leading an organization that's having worldwide impact, to say the least. I think the last time we spoke, if it wasn't the last time, then it was certainly the last major topic you and I covered, is Artura Stone's outreach to the city of Lud when Lud was being overrun by rioters and the synagogues were being damaged and people's lives were um, uh, were being threatened. I know Artura Stone had a role in the recovery process. Could you give us an update on what's happening with that? Yeah, um, thank you. We have actually a one of our branches of our seminaries is there. We have a group of uh, 50 women who sit and learn there a day and night uh, for a year and a half, and then most of them uh, either go into the Army in special units that we have worked out with the Army, most of them in intelligence or as teachers in the Army, and then some of them also going into Sherut Lumi, but they spend a year and a half uh, in learning, um, and uh, obviously they came back in full force uh, last week. In fact, uh, the Minister of the Interior, Ayala Chakid, uh, came the first day at her request um, to uh, to come and, and open open the uh, Limud for Elul, um, which was wonderful. And um, we're we're doing more there. Our students are interacting with both. Uh, Jewish Israelis who live there, especially those who are at risk, youth at risk, to help them. They take a few hours a week, and they leave the base medrash to engage in service, and also working with uh, Israeli Arabs in this blended community with all of the challenges that they know better than anybody else, because many of my faculty, uh, their homes were uh, destroyed, their cars were incinerated, but there's still this vision of trying to help all. Rabbi Salvechik used to tell us that if non-Jews knew how much in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the Mazdar written by the rabbis, spoke about engagement with all of society, 
non-Jews would print would publish the Mahler. Wow, was a, what a great a joke um, <laughs> that he would say. Um, and I think that the Lord uh, celebrates that idea. Uh, first of all, Limud HaTorah, um, as necessary to build themselves and their character before they enter into service, into the IDF. Um, and uh, at the same time, working with uh, young people, especially those in Lud, who are at risk because of poverty, because of crimes at home, because of parents who are sitting in jail and not at home, uh, and working with them so that they have an opportunity to exit the, the cycle of poverty. So I'm very proud of these women. They're, they're serious. Um, please, God, between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, I'm going to have the privilege uh, to talk to them about some of the issues we talked about, the Yerushalayim and Avas Hashem and the movement scene in Rav Kok and the Rav and the Balei Kabbalah and Shulchan Aruch and are, are things rel- um, Are things relatively quiet there now? Well, I, I think that everybody is being careful. Right. You know, I don't think uh, it's fully quiet. The things that, you know, everyone's being extremely careful. We want to make sure that our, that our students are safe. We want to make sure that uh, our, the families are safe. We want to make sure that everyone is safe. So they have protocols that they put into place, um, and they're, they're taking it out quite seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, in Lod, you have two two issues you have to be concerned about, and that is concern number one is for the riots, and concern number two is that when missiles are sent from Gaza, um, one of the, their targets is the center of Israel, and Lud is in that center of Israel. Yeah. So um, they can get pounded in two different ways, but Baruch Hashem at this point in time, everything is, is quiet. Also near the airport, always an attractive uh, target for the terrorists. Rabbi Kenneth Brander is with us live via telephone from Israel. I know today's September 1st, so officially it's the first day of school in Israel. Have your seminaries, including the one in Yushalayim, opened already? Yeah, they all opened earlier. You know, we're more uh, LO-based. Right. Um, they opened a week ago or so, and so, so, did the day, so did the high school. You know, our high schools have Baruch Hashem continued to grow. We have 4,000 a little bit more than 4,000 students in our high schools. But we had to add to incoming classes in a few new grades because uh, having so many kids on a waiting list is just not, I think, fair. Um, Baruch Hashem, that seems to be uh, doing well. Um, it, again, it, you it's, know, it's, it's, not, it, it's, it's not inexpensive to open up a high school. <laughs> no, no. It's, and the expense... And thank God the government helps, but when you go from, let's say, 60 kids in a grade to 90 kids in a grade, the, the expense is really hidden the first two years because right. when your base measures can hold 450 students, so okay, so you figure out how they, it can hold 480. But in two, three years from now, when that number grows by 90 because you've accepted 30 new kids a year, and now you're, you know, at three years like that, that base measures or that auditorium can no longer hold 90 more kids. And that's when the costs become a little bit more challenging. It's not about buying some more falafel or salad <laughs> or things of that nature. It's about, it's about figuring out a way to expand the, the portals of your, of your institution. But listen, everybody wants these challenges. And, and London Baum, uh, our American program is also packed. Uh, 50 young women who have come to sit and learn. 
Uh, I too look forward to spending some time with them between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. But Baruch Hashem, the schools are doing well. And, you know, as you know, we're very much uh, work with around 400,000 secular Israelis. If there is such a thing as secular Israelis, right. 400,000 people are not formally affiliated. And we'll have 230 locations for them to hear shofar in the park, working with our friends in Sohar. And we expect around 22,000 people to join us on Rosh Hashanah, um, you know, in 230 locations. How uh, many? Thing, how many? 230, sorry? you said? 230, you said? 230 locations. Wow. That's what the... So people yeah. will be gathering together to hear a chauffeur. That's what you mean when you say no such thing as a secular Israeli, because so many of them will make right. sure that even if they're not specifically in synagogue, they will spend the day with the mitzvah of the day. And of course, that would be chauffeur this right. coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Right. Unbelievable. Wow. Right. And the only reason why it's 22,000 and not 30 or 35 is because, you know, it... it uh, you know, we don't know what the protocols of the government are going to be about how many people we right. could bring there. Right. Uh, because, you know, if it's only 50, that's what we expect. But if they allow us to have 100, I don't think that number will double, but it will definitely increase even you know, even, 10, even outdoors? Even outdoors, they're worried about close yeah. gatherings? Yeah, there, there, there's still protocols about how many they want in one particular location. And obviously, we're not going to ask people. Yeah. To uh, show us their cell phones with their right. uh Javier Rope, their right. green passport. <laughs> Even though most of them will have their cell phones on them, we're not gonna answer them. Are all your so, are um, all your are all your foreign students already out of quarantine? Yes. They're all out of quarantine. So that's good. At least okay. at, at least you have that comfort, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we're, you know the, the, we have various different protocols, Ministry of Education protocols for the high schools. The protocols are different for your post-high schools because the Army has something to say with your head there, you should vote, and others about what the protocols are. But essentially, you know, they're all like one castle now because they're in Yeshiva, right. uh, you know, both the young men and the young women until, until Rosh Hashanah or until Yom Kippur. So uh, no one's leaving. So it's like a secluded uh, place. And um, everyone has... You know, m mostly everybody already has their third vaccination from the faculty, right. let alone their second. Um, so uh, thank God. Thank God we, so far, knock on wood, uh, we've been uh, no challenges at this point. Yeah, my staff in Israel is getting their uh, their third vaccination uh, today. As Oh, and by the way, last year, as many people will recall, last year you actually took the lead in publishing, I guess we would call, tell me if this is the right description, the bridged machzer for Rosh Hashanah because we anticipated that people would either uh, be home or the services uh, in the synagogues would be shorter because of COVID protocols or nervousness. Um, in Israel, it's a similar, I don't know if we'd say similar, I mean, you could tell us what it's like uh, at the beginning of 5782, but um, I, I would think it's somewhat reminiscent of what was going on last year. Is that machzer going to become popular again? Yeah, so we just released the Rosh Hashanah one, um, which you can get, anyone can get on OTS.org.il. They can just go in there. It says download holiday material, the old types of different Torah, including a Mazer. And we did it really for two particular reasons. Like, for example, most shuls will have limited uh, seating in Israel, and a lot of us will be davening outside. So it's going to depend on how hot it is outside. Right. You know, uh, You know, it could be... 
74 degrees or it could be 90 degrees. Last week it was 90 degrees. Right now it's only 75 or so. So if it's 75, it's one thing. If it's 90 degrees, it's a totally different thing. So we put together a halakhically condensed mazer that that prioritizes health and safety while simultaneously focusing on core halakhic spiritual and liturgical priorities for the Amnarayim. So the Rosh Hashanah one is out, ots.org.il, and you'll be able to click on something for the Amnarayim on the front page. And also the other reason is that many of our shlichim throughout the world, you know, we have close to 300 of them. So in some communities, for example, the one who, you know, the ones who are teaching in schools in Teaneck, it's not a big deal. But the ones who are or in Warsaw or in other places, in South America or, or in Europe or in or in college campuses in in in, in the UK and stuff like that. They're also the Bali Tvila. So if there's limited amounts of people that can be in a place, right. they don't have other people to be the Bali Tvila. So they'll run three services or four services over Rosh Hashanah um, every morning. So how are you able to do that if it's gonna be a four hour service? It's not gonna work. So the abridged mazer allows those who are bali tefila three or four times to be able to do so in a halakhically sensitive and appropriate way. So it's both for the people who will be diving outside. Again, I can't speak to what's happening, you know, throughout North America, although I know many of my siblings plan to dive outside. Um, and I wish I could get my parents to agree to dive outside as opposed to inside. But uh, Baruch Hashem, I may have that ring. Those will always be challenges <laughs> and good challenges. <laughs> you know that. Maybe, uh, maybe, 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 maybe this public plea will help. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly what I'm counting on. Either I'll have to ask Masila before Rosh Hashanah, or they'll listen to me, or maybe both. But uh, but the bottom line is that um, but the bottom line is that we really want to have it there, and people will decide, and Rabbanim, most importantly, Rabbanim will decide if they need to use it for the community or not. Right. We've gotten a lot of thank yous already from Rabbanim, and people will make the decision Right. Um, I, I we'll never need to use it again. I, I just feel bad for the people in Warsaw and Johannesburg and other areas uh, who you described are responsible for the entire service, because I'm sure last year they said to themselves, okay, you know, one year we could do this, and it's, it is difficult. I can only imagine. I know what it's like just to dive for the almond certain tefillos, so I can imagine what it's like when you're the rabbi to Balkari and everything else. Uh, but then, you know, <laughs> but then a year later, they're back in the same situation. Could you at least guarantee us, right, Brander, that next year won't be the same situation? Could you at least tell us that? <laughs> Rabbi Siegel, you know that I cannot, uh, you know, you know, no guarantees. <laughs> I would be I would be foolish even to suggest such a thing. But Bezrat Hashem, we'll all be protected if we... Uh, Watch ourselves properly. I hope so, because um, this is uh, it's hard to believe that we're going through a similar, I wouldn't say the same situation, but similar situation one year later. But it does remind me and us, as you just alluded to, that uh, we have zero control over all of this. It's only the one above. And how appropriate as we go into Monday night and the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of Aserah Shemei Tshuva, the Yom Hadin, how appropriate it is that we remember that there's only one being that has any control over any of this. Or by Kenneth Branders with us live via telephone or Torah Stone. By the way, finally, and, and look, we, we admire, and I've read the uh, impact report, and it's really incredible. You went through some of the numbers in Israel. The numbers worldwide are pretty remarkable as well. Uh, what Rabbi Riskin and now you have done and continue to do 
is is amazing in the number of countries. I mean, I, on page 18 of your impact report, I'm sure you've seen this, you have there a description of the countries that are being impacted by Artura Stone. I'd go through the whole list, but it's it's just it's insanely long, and it's pretty remarkable that all this has developed over these uh, past few decades. But one of the things that you've done, in addition to all this, in addition to all the education, the shlichim, etc., and rabbis, one of the things you've done is you've taken a very strong interest in the plight of Agunot, which is uh, to be commended, and many people around the world certainly commend your leadership on this, and I think you've even brought it to a, 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 a higher level or a, a, a bigger level once you uh, moved to Israel and became affiliated with OTS. So number one, why does an educational institution or one known best for education around the world spend the time that it does on the subject of Agunod? And what update could you give us regarding the progress made uh, now as we uh, complete 5781 in the area of Agunod? Uh, I think that's a very good question. I think our, our responsibility, our mandate is to make a difference to Jews around the world. And I think uh, one of the biggest Shiloh Hashem, this grace of God, you speak about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, about engaging with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, one of the is the fact that there are still a gunot where a, hus- a get that was always used to protect the woman is now being used as a tool against the woman. So, you know, every single year, 690 women receive free free legal advice from us. Wow. We deal with 128 some odd cases a year. And uh, right now, because of Corona, there's 41 Agunot and their children who are receiving supermarket vouchers from us. But I have to just tell you that, um, that um, and we're now promoting very strongly the halakhic prenup that that, you know, uh, the Russian Shavuot at YU and the Basin of America has done such a good job in North America. Yep. We're now promoting it in very significant ways throughout Israel through social, social media, engaging rabbis, engaging young people. But I just want, I'll give you two examples from the past 24 hours. Okay. Just two, two examples from the past 24 hours. So there is a case where a, a woman, um, has been trying to get a get for 14 years. And seven years ago, the Rabbanut, that, that, are, that are not easy to agree to this, demanded that the husband give a get and that they insisted on it, which takes some time for them to be able to do. So seven years ago, he walked, he told them he'll get a get, but he just needs to walk outside of the Big Din seven years ago just to speak to his attorney. Well, he walked out seven years ago, and he never was found. Around a year, around a month and a half ago, and this is after the woman has been waiting uh, six or seven years. Um, a, month, a month and a half ago, we found out some additional information about where this person was in Israel. We hired private detectives who found this gentleman, in quotes, uh, having liaisons with a, a single woman. And yesterday he was uh, put in jail because once the rubber knew, says that you must give a get, which again took six years. Um, we can demand through the women that we have representing these women in the rabbinical courts, accepted by the Rabbanut, we can demand that they be uh, incarcerated. So yesterday he was put in jail and either he'll give a get or he'll be spending Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the rest of his life in jail, but please God he'll give his wife a get very soon because jail is not a nice place to spend time. That's one case. <laughs> <laughs> Second case is, again, um, 14 years ago, a woman 
uh, and her husband uh, split up. Seven years ago, the Rabbanut said that they needed to give a get. He left um, Israel and went to New York and uh, became a buffer, in quotes, uh, in one of the uh, yeshivot in Brooklyn, and for seven years has been hanging out there and has been given his wife a get, until with great success, with great help from Rabbi Ralbag, who has a, a big din in Brooklyn, um, worked on this uh, with us. Um, today, uh, yesterday, he wrote a get. Um, I sent out a WhatsApp. So we, there, there's a rabbinic WhatsApp group um, of around 250 rabbis. And I sent out a, uh, a note. You know, we're looking for someone to deliver the get before Rosh Hashanah here so that this woman can walk into Rosh Hashanah, no longer in Aguna. Within four minutes, I had like 30, 30 uh, people who knew people who were going to Israel from JFK. Wow. Uh, and then the, the, my colleagues from Yad Isha worked it out that today the get will be delivered. Um, and by tomorrow, she will no longer be in Aguna. Unbelievable. This is just... Examples in the past 24 hours. And by the way, and by the way, I, I think we have to point out because there are those who, who, who sometimes, li- who sometimes like to remind people uh, that there's a a proper halachic process when encouraging somebody to give a get. So we should mention that even the incarceration and and all the other elements that you just described in that process, everything is done under the leadership of rabbinic authority. Yes, under the leadership of the chief rabbi in this case. Right. Um, both of them. Um, and and uh, it, this is a, a real serious, this was a real serious situation. It, it it takes years before they'll be willing to incarcerate someone. It's just not a flippant thing that's done. But a lot of this could be dealt with if people use halakhic prenups. Um, and so I encourage everybody right. to make sure that we don't let our children or our friends get married without them because uh, life insurance and insurance is important and uh, it's it's critically important to make sure that we if we really love people that we we protect them and it's a really critical thing and therefore it's a it's a major Hashem of this generation I think our Torah Stone if it really wants to be a center of Torah has to make this uh, a centerpiece uh, I look forward to us going out of business on this yeah. Amen to that. Um, obviously, we're always encouraging people to give to Artura Stone for for obvious reasons, all the education that's going on around the world. People could do that at OTS.org.il, OTS.org.il. But also, a Yadli Isha that you just described really fits into our Elul Chesed campaign. Is there a way, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but just if there is, let me know. If not, you can let me know another time and I'll announce it. Is there a way for people to specifically Earmark funds for Yadli Shah if they want to support Agunot in this struggle? If they go to OTS.org.al and they want to donate, or um, you can donate to particular institutions, and the money just will go there. And so Yadli Shah is um, one of them. That's one of the opportunities. Yes. Okay, great. Yadli Shah is one of them. Because that fits right into our whole uh, uh, concept here of, uh, of trying to help people who are in desperate situations. You can confirm that there are plenty of people Yadli Shah meets with every day who are in desperate situations. Right, way, way too many. Ease the pain of Agunot is on the list, and that money will go above and beyond, you know, what we're spending. Right. And it's either to help our social workers, our private detectives, 
the women who are who are recognized as experts in the halachic experts in the field by 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 Haredim recognized. In other right. words, Bells and Vizhnits and others that we help because forty percent of our clientele are from the Haredim community. Unbelievable. Uh, I didn't realize so forty percent. Wow. Forty yeah, percent. At least forty percent. Um and um and and you know, Bells asked me uh, right before COVID threw a tish for us, uh uh Shabbos Malava Damalka, thanking Ortoris Stone Yabisha for helping several of its the Rebbe acknowledged several of it, of his um you know chasidot, I guess would be the right word, right. um, who were as we know. And uh, he wanted to recognize that. So Baruch Hashem, we're doing, I think, God's work. But uh, I hope, I hope that uh, next year, more, you know, we'll we'll get to the point where people realize that this is a terrible chil Hashem. And we have to end I, I was just going to say, and you're it. making a kiddush Hashem according to every definition of kiddush Hashem, because <laughs> because of who's uh, admiring your work and who's benefiting from your work. So Baruch Hashem. Uh, Rabbi Brander, I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Best regards, of course, Rabbi Riskin, who we love and admire, uh, and everybody at Artorah Stone. We do look forward to reuniting with you, please, God, in the coming year. And just keep going strong. The work you're doing is amazing, and uh, the representatives you have around the world are just doing uh, incredible work for so many different communities. It's wonderful to see, and we look, wish you continued Hatzlacha. Thank you, Rav Nachum, and you and your family should only have you should have nachas from all of your children. Amen. And you should have nachas from your extended family, um, and that is the Nachum Siegel Network family, because um, you inspire us and you educate us literally throughout the world. So thank you very much. Much appreciated. Shana Tovara by Dr. Kenneth Brander. Always a delight to speak with him at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AchimSigl.com, and the AchimSigl Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. (laughs) 